Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm your host, Gary Ware. And today I have Jason Womack. Jason is the CEO of the Womack Company. He is an executive coach. He's a productivity expert. And most importantly, he is the author of the book, Your Best Just Got Better. Work smarter, think bigger, make more. In this book, you will learn how to um, fine tune, get clarity, develop structure, and gain momentum. Jason, welcome to the show. Gary, thank you so much for having me and letting us share a little bit of time together. What I really appreciate about you as a interviewer, discussion starter, you actually read the book, and, yes. and that means a ton. Yes. As, as listeners out there, when you write your book and people ask you to come on their show, when they read the book before, it just changes everything. So Gary, uh, I figure in 20 minutes, 25 minutes, we're going to give people some solid tactics that they can use, and they're going to get things done better, faster, and easier. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without discussing what you're drinking. So what are you drinking this afternoon? So cheers to the oil of life, as my mentor, Bern Simon, said, a healthy dose of water. So Awesome. That's great. And I'm just drinking green tea, uh, staying hydrated, drinking green tea. I feel it helps me stay focused. Cheers. Yes. Awesome. So let's get into it. Before we get into the book, can you give the audience just a quick, brief, bite-sized overview of yourself and, and how you came to be? You know, I'm a California boy through and through, public education all the way through two master's degrees. Uh, as a kid, looking back, you know, what, what everyone always asks kids, right? What are you going to be when you grow up? You could be the president if you wanted to. <laughs> I think I always found myself in a service role. I grew up in a restaurant with my mom and stepdad. I grew up um, – do you remember that show, uh, the store called The Sharper Image? Yes. The catalogs, and they had stores all over the world, really. So my dad was the president and COO of The Sharper Image. My mom and stepdad were entrepreneurs and founders of a small, quaint restaurant, and I switched houses every week. And so literally, I was growing up under this idea on one side – customer service, holding on to the community. On the other side, going global and finding the next product that every household had to buy. And it gave me this unique slice of life. And here it is, Gary. People love to have their problems solved before they know it's a problem. So that's where I spend my time today, is I figure out what the problem is that people are facing they didn't even know they had. And then we go create solutions for that. And it makes life better. Awesome. Well, that's the perfect segue into the book. So, so tell us um, about the book. What inspired you to write this? So Your Best Just Got Better. That was the name of my blog. And for those of us who've been around the block these few times, I started my first blog in 2002. Wow. And I was traveling. I was on the road. I still am. I've been 14 years now where I travel about 220 nights a year in hotels. I'm about 120 to 150 airplane flights a year. And what I realized in the first three, four, five years of doing this is I would have these interactions. I had these conversations with people. And as you're listening to this, folks, kind of think to yourself who you know that fits this demographic. You ready? Life was hard. It got harder and then it got better. 
And I wanted to talk to him. It's like, okay, how was it hard? How did it get worse? And then how did you crawl out of that? And so I started collecting these stories that people would share with me. I found that people love to share their stories. And then what I would do is I would go in and find, okay, what were the common elements? And there were common elements like the network, who people turn to time and time again. Look, if you if you talk to someone who complain, no, I'm sorry, you go to someone and complain and they complain back, stop it. Don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. I want to go complain to someone who's going to push on me to solve the complaint. Uh, another thing that gets in people's way, visualization. Literally, if you see someone's name in your inbox and you feel stress and angst and overwhelm, why are you receiving emails from them, right? That, that idea of visualization, in a moment, we start to see what could go wrong. And there's a couple of other factors that I noticed over the years. So if your life was hard and then it got harder and then you wanted to get better, that's who I would say would really benefit from reading the book. Awesome. And in your book, you have three sections. Uh, can you briefly highlight each of those and then we'll jump into the first section. I'll, I'll do kind of a breath in for each one. Yes. So here we go. <gasps> Part one is called Work Smarter. It's all about efficiency, productivity. It's the hacking part of the book. We found that if people were not working productively, it made it difficult to get to section two. Okay. <laughs> section two is called Think Bigger, casting the vision, building that visualization of where you're heading to, what it'll look like, sound like, and feel like. And I really like about a 24-month view. I can imagine two years out. I can't imagine five years out yet, yes. yet. The third part of the book now, you're two years, five years from now, what are you contributing what are you making better? What part of the planet is better off because you were a part of it? So the book goes very specifically. The first thing we do is line things up to work productively, efficiently, effectively. Then it clears the deck so that we can cast that vision a little bit bigger. And now that we've cast the vision, if you're an entrepreneur, you're making more money. If you're an employee, you got that promotion and raise. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to make things better around you? Awesome. And in that, so let's dive deep into this first section. And you said everything starts with you, the, the person. And you have this, this acronym, IDEA, um, as a way to just help visualize and, and, and get your goals in place. Can you talk about that and give our audience some tips on how they can implement that? There is no shortage of seven ways to do this, three possible questions to ask, four things not to do. You've got these lists, these productivity lists out there. And so the IDEA acronym stands for IDEA. What that stands for is a real dedicated process to figuring out what's going to work for you. Because look at any system given to me, seven habits of highly effective people, the power within, getting things done, all of these were placed on us. They, were, they said, here's the seven things you should do to be better. Well, what we do is we unpack it. So if you have a pen and paper, if you're driving, come back to this part, bookmark this part of the podcast. I stands for identify. 
Now, you can identify an idea. You can identify as a possibility with the book that's sitting on your bookcase right now, the magazine that's – you know, you, you've opened it up to the page you have to go back to. If you go to a conference, you know, uh, we got to meet at the World Domination Summit. Gary, there was no shortage of ideas. There was no shortage of identifying what I could do. Now it's incumbent upon us. We're the arbiters of the second letter, D, which stands for develop. I want to go back to the hotel that night, and I don't know what your process was, but there at the World Domination Summit, a three-day conference hosted by Chris Gillibo, author of The $100 Startup. Many of you have seen or read that book already. But every night at the hotel, I had to go back through and develop what I had identified that I was going to go back to my office and actually do. Look, there's so easy to drop 500 bucks on a conference, another $1,000 on airfare and hotel, and have a rah-rah good time, be all motivated, jacked up, and enthused, and then get back to the busyness of life. E. E stands for experiment. And the way that I made these cards, if uh, if any of you listening to this want me to send you one of these, just connect with Gary and, and he'll give me your address. But what I did is I made this card, and I carry this in my wallet wherever I go, and it's the IDEA acronym. But what you'll see when you get the card is that it's a little E. It's a little experiment. You can experiment with one of my ideas for five days, and you will totally know whether or not it should work for you. The A – Back to a big capital letter A stands for assess. I've got to look back and ask myself, am I better off? Is my life better off? Is my small business better off? Is my corporate team or entity better off because of the experiments I ran? So, Gary, it'd probably be appropriate if we ran through that with one solid yeah. example from the book. Is that, is that okay? Let's do that. That was exactly what I was thinking. And here's what I'm thinking. I can get anybody listening to this a PDF of Chapter 1 of the book. So I'll give you an activity right now from Chapter 1, and you can get that PDF. Just email Gary or Gary. Yeah. I can give them my email address. Perfect. We'll make yeah. that happen. And I'll put that in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and get it. Perfect. So here's the activity, folks. I got a question for you. It's rhetorical. It's going to take you some time to answer. Pull out your journal, open up a new Evernote notebook, get your whiteboard going. And on the top of that page, I want you to write this, this little statement, this prompt. The prompt is, I am at my best when. Now, most people who I prompt that with, they identify very quickly, they identify with I'm a morning person. I'm a night person. I'm an after lunch person. I'm a happy hour person. They go temporal on me. And temporal is fine, but what I'm really interested in from you folks is conditional. What are the conditions around you that when those things are lined up, the possibility of you being your best self increase? Not a guarantee, but the possibility goes up. Now, once you identify a couple of these conditions, well, then you develop them. So let's pretend you wrote down, I'm at my best when I have a happy, healthy, full, complete, balanced breakfast. Cool. Let's develop that. Let's actually write down what would those 5 to 20 grams of proteins be? What would those 30 to 100 calories be for each thing? What, what would it be exactly that would constitute a great, happy, healthy, balanced breakfast for you? And then you knew it was coming. E stands for experiment. 
give yourself a five-day, Monday through Friday, Thursday through Tuesday, whatever that is, where you get to practice using that technique, that tactic. And then there's only one way to know whether or not I should keep doing this, and that's to do an assessment. I look back and I ask myself, was I better off last week because I had that healthy, balanced breakfast? I'll give you an example that showed up from a client of mine in New York City. She is an investment banker. She's a director at one of the biggest firms in the world. We rocked this activity, and she had five days of experimenting with a complete balanced breakfast. Well, I checked in with her midway, and she said, Jason, I can't prove it scientifically, she said. But I believe it's helping. I said, what do you mean? She says, this week I have already not under or over responded like I used to. And I had her explain it a little bit, but these little conditions, I mean, I can give you a half a dozen more of when I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I get outside at some point during the day. I do some exercise, breathe some fresh air. I'm at my best when I ask for help right before I need it. If I intuit I'm working on a big project, there's that little kick that says, hey, Jason, why don't you go ask for help? Because you're right at that point where if you ask one, two emails, you're going to get this done faster, easier, and better. Um, I'll give you one more. I'm at my best when I capture my agreements and projects as I make them with people. I used to let those slip till the end of the week, and then I try to go back and remember what I said yes to. Not at my best. This is great. And for this process, this IDEA process, would you, does this work for just small goals, or can it work for anything? You know, from my perspective, it works best when you work it. So pick something small, pick something big. It's five days if you do it once a day. It's five weeks if you do it once a week, five months if you do it once a month. Um, I've got five-year experiments that I started. Uh, I started one five-year experiment 13 years ago. Uh, Next year will be year 14. Well, it worked so well, I just kept on doing it, right? Every January, I read a book called One Minute Manager. And I started off, I said, you know what? I'm going to read this book every January for the next five years. Year six, year seven, and we're coming up on year 14. It was that influential to me. So big things, small things, personal things, professional things. Here's the mistake not to make. Don't try an idea too many things at one time. I'd say go for one. If you've been working on expanding your client base, pick one idea that would expand your client base. If you're working on getting your articles syndicated or just being more regular with your blogging, work on one idea about how to syndicate or how to, to be more consistent. That's, that's great. And can you share with our audience one thing that, um, that you're currently working on? You know, I'm working on the first part of my day being content creation as opposed to responding. I find that my world, we have a global business. I have clients in Asia, clients in Africa, clients in New Zealand. And so anytime during the day, I could be responding to things. But what I've done is I've created this before noon ritual where I'm creating some content, a podcast, an article. I'm working on a keynote, a a PowerPoint presentation. And for me, a 4% engagement is about what I consider to be I'm totally on. And uh, if we have time, we should probably talk about what I, what I think about how to manage time and yeah. why, I, why I use that number 4%. Yeah, exactly. And actually, that is a, a good segue because 
a lot of people, they get overwhelmed. And in your book, you do a really good job of breaking it down into 15-minute increments. Can you talk about that a little bit more? You know, I, I did the math. And so there's you know 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. We grew up with those things. What I did is I broke it down to my own, you know, Jason's natural attention span limit. <laughs> yeah, darn it all. But I'm, I'm about... 10 to 20 minutes before I self-destruct, I self-interrupt. Just yesterday, I was working on an article, and I thought, oh, let me go look up the definition for that. And I was using my MacBook dictionary app, but down below, it gives you the Wiktionary (laughs) app. So I clicked on that. Now I'm at Google, and I'm on Wiktionary, and then I click the thing for a photo, and it's like, Jason, stop it. Here's what I found. 15 minutes is about 1% of my day. Okay, you do the math. There are 96 15-minute blocks of time in a day. And that to me just, it, it, it really struck me as something significant. See, Gary, I can imagine 15 minutes. I know what I can do in 15 minutes. I, I've, I've experimented with this for a long time. Um, I can write two thank you cards in 15 minutes. I can run 2.2 miles on a treadmill in 15 minutes. I can draft the conclusion to a blog post in 15 minutes. I can even call my mom in 15 minutes. Uh, well, the thing with that one, like I used to call my mom, but I only had a couple minutes. And then one time I was hanging up the phone and my mom says, oh, Jason, you always go so fast. And it's like, oh, but I don't want to disappoint my mom. Yeah. When I stay on the phone with my mom for 15 minutes, she's like, okay, honey, I got to go. It's like, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> so 15 minutes to me became this kind of a, kind of a moniker, kind of a, a meme almost. And pretty much everything, I break into these increments. I don't plan my day in 15 increments, 15 minute increments. And that's a kind of a thing that we've had to deal with the backlash of the book. People are like, oh my God, do you plan how long it's going to take you to whatever? No. But everything that I look at, I ask myself, does this constitute a 2%, 4%, 8%, or 12% investment? Someone invites me to an hour long meeting. The first thing I have to ask back is, why an hour? Can we do it in 45? Because if I get invited to four hour-long meetings a week and I can cut each one down by 1%, now we're going to have four 45-minute meetings that uh, that week. I just bought myself an hour, man. And look, if you could get one hour back a week, that's 50 hours a year. Yes, you need to take two weeks off. That's 50 hours a year. Tell me, what skill could you enhance? What tool could you learn how it works better? What relationship could you bring from a level four to a level nine if you had 50 more hours with that person? That's so good. And what can our audience do to start to get that 15 minutes? Because everyone always says, oh, there's not enough time in the day. And I believe they're probably they can find more time is there any techniques that our audience can do to help them get that bottom, time back yeah bottom line you gotta if you haven't done this this year you gotta do a time log Be, before you start any of this stuff you have to give yourself the gift of your own attention of your own honest assessment asking yourself where am i and, and I hate the words, I got to tell you, spending, losing, wasting. They're not. They're not spending, losing, or wasting time. It's just, it's just going, right? It's that song, right? Time keeps on ticking, ticking, that whole thing. 
when I found out where I was placing time, then I could start to go through the process of unraveling from that. So there's an activity later on in the book. If you get a chance to to purchase one or download one, um, there's a part of the book where all I asked you to do was to go through the first part of your day, right? Sun up till about middle of the morning. Now, whenever that is, your alarm goes off or the sunlight kisses your face until 9.30, 10, 10 somewhere in there. And I would say there would be incredible value if you simply write down where your time went. Gary, I have a great example yeah. of how I use this myself. And then if anybody yeah. wants, you know, email me and I got more. So I take three newspapers a day, uh, both digital and paper. I get Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, and the USA Today. The reasons I take these newspapers are these are the newspapers my clients take. So if I'm going to be in touch with someone in pharmaceutical, in technology, in finance, I kind of need to have been reading what they read. Well, what I realized over the years is that as I was flipping through these pages of these newspapers, I wasn't always reading the newspaper, I was reading topics, and I was reading journalists. So I took that about one hour, 45 minutes a day of scanning through all these newspapers, and I subscribed through Google Alerts to the journalists and the topics. Well, now in the morning, I get two emails from Google. One email is, hey, Jason, here's the topics that have been talked about over the past 24 hours. Here's the journalists that have written about those topics for the past 24 hours. And now it's click review, click listen, click watch. I still scan the papers because I get them and I've got them. But I'm a much more aware of what it is that, that I'm working on. Uh, Gary, how many of your listeners would you say are growing a business or a side business? Or Does that constitute yeah, many I, listeners? Yeah, i say a lot of people are trying to get that started. You know, here's what I did. I did two things. The first one I did was I went to my community and I went to the special events, the calendar. What special events is the chamber doing? What is the art commission doing? What is the music festival doing? What is the – you name it. And I made Google alerts for all these events. Well, anytime one is publicized, anyone t- one is written about, I see it. I write them a little congratulatory note. I drop in a note about, hey, what I'm working on this year. And there's this connection that I can have. As far as client base, I actually went in and I used the word um, – so I used the client that I want to work for, client name. Let's call him Acme. And then I put in the word promote, but I spelled it P-R-O-M-O-T. So now I get a Google alert by Acme if they are promoting, if they have promoted, if they have a promotion, or if they will promote. Well, my client base is kind of the people who have just been promoted into a more senior level of, of management, of leadership. And boom, I find out immediately what's going on out there. Uh, this is so helpful, and I I know our listeners are going to just love all of this info. Um, if we can take a step back, uh, going back to this list that our time audit, if after someone has done this for a few days and they start to see some, some trends, what should they do now? Now you got three options, right? Option number one, keep doing it. So that morning shower, just good, solid, hygienic dev- advice. <laughs> yeah. Option number two, stop doing it. 
Now, by stop doing it, I don't mean cut it out. I mean, can you get by doing that thing four days a week instead of seven? Uh, Case in point is all of my social media updating. I went from making sure that I update every social site every day. Right now, I do that two days a week, Gary. That is, I step back and I ask myself, what are the things I know I want to spread? What are the times of the day that I want to spread those? And I use an application that po- that predates a lot of my posts. If I post something in real time, it's bonus. It's extra. But I'm caring and I'm feeding for my community. So I was able to delete the everyday activity Saving myself 15 minutes a day five times. I bought myself an hour and 15 minutes a week just doing that. Option number three is delegate. And delegate means I look at that thing that I'm doing consistently, if not daily, and I ask myself, is there another group person entity that could be doing this for me? Uh, The best example – well, I already gave you the example of of Google Alerts, and there's all kinds of those kinds of notification services. Um, But my shopping, Gary, a lot of my household purchases, the stuff that just goes straight to a closet, whether it's my triathlon racing gear, whether it's my computer technology stuff that I know, whether it's my office supplies even kitchen supplies, I put all of that on a subscription. And so I just get delivered things like Ziploc bags, aluminum foil, triathlon running socks. You, I mean, literally, I've, wow. I've gone through this process because, well, this is a big deal for me. It might not be for some of your listeners. But for me to drive to a big box store, Target or Walmart, it's a 30-mile drive. Yeah. Trader Joe's is 34 miles from my house. I still go to Trader Joe's. I still walk the halls of Target. But I go five times a year instead of 12. And that half-hour drive on either side, doing the errands in between, having lunch while I'm down in Ventura, what it became was a savings of about 10 times four hours each. That was 40 hours a year. I, I hope what you all are getting here is I chip away and I don't try and change everything at once. I just look for the, the, the individual things that I can make better. Wow, this is so helpful. And we are running out of time. So I want to talk about one thing and then we'll take a break and jump to the lightning round. Um, I think one thing that you covered in the book that we don't do enough of is pacing and mm. and slowing up and speeding up, you know, depending on the types of tasks. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? You use a really good analogy about since you were a triathlon runner. So anybody out there who's done any kind of endurance pace work, and by the way, next month you're all invited. We hike the Grand Canyon. The last Friday of September every year, we get a big group of us and we hike the Grand Canyon in a day. What I've realized is that it's easy in the workplace to go fast through some things and then to go slow, aka procrastinate, through other things, where by taking this this meta look, this kind of above the whole, viewing the whole, not the parts, sometimes I do need to slow down. Sometimes I'm moving so fast that I forget to cross the proverbial T or dot that I. And other times, dagnabbit, I need to speed up. I need to move through that thing. A great example I could give you there is is I write. I, I write a bit. I, I do a podcast. I do a video cast. I do a lot of articles. And I used to start my articles by going to find the perfect quote for the theme of the article that I wanted to write. 
oh my goodness, when I switched, nowadays I write my conclusion first. The first thing I write when I'm writing an article is where do we need to be at the end? Yeah. Then the examples appear and the quote shows up. I took my article writing process, 700,000 word article from three hours to about 45 or even 30 minutes that way. That's, that's great. Um, and one last thing with that. Um, can you talk about, you were saying for certain tasks, you need to go you know, faster. Right. Um, and certain tasks, you need to go slower. Um, wh- why is that? You know, iteration is is a, one of my favorite words only because it's hard to say when I first learned it. But it's it's doing small aspects consistently until they become second nature. There's a, a thing that I talk about in my workshops, Gary, called uh, – it's about practice. And, and I asked the audience. I said, hey, folks, what does practice make? And everyone wants to smile and go, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. Practice makes perfect. And I say, well, depending on where you grew up, you probably heard that as a kid. Psychologically speaking, we know that practice makes other things as well. Practice makes normal. Practice makes easy. And the worst is practice makes accepted we accept what those around us do habitually, routinely, even if they're negative practices, even if someone that you know is always late, right? You have probably a friend like this. I know I do. You invite everybody say, hey, we're going to that new tapas place. We're going to have great happy hour, blah, blah, blah. And then that one person, right? They're like, oh, what time does it start? And you go, five, Right? Because if you say the actual hour and they're late, you won't get to get seated and blah, blah, blah. Well, they've normalized and the entire community has accepted they run late. This really gets small business owners and it really gets starting entrepreneurs because the first interaction you have with a potential client, they are looking for your habits. That is, do you show up? late? Do you show up unprepared? Do you email? Do you respond to an email not completely? I can't tell you how many clients will email me. There'll be seven prompts in the email. I could answer five of them right now, but darn it, those other two are going to take work. I have a choice point right now. Do I say, oh, I'll get to that when I have time? Or do I work on those two things because the client's waiting for me? And I'm setting a meta message. The meta message is Jason's the kind of guy that will get back completely cleanly and clearly or Jason's the kind of guy that if you can't put his hand on it right now, then you get thrown into the queue. That's that's great. And all this stuff is such good information. We can go on and on, but all I have to say is you guys need to buy this book. Uh, it's on Kindle. It's audiobook. It is on regular book by all three. It's very helpful. And But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the lightning round. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Luckily for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have courses that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are inexpensive, and more importantly, you can take them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy, that's U-D-E-M-Y, to see a few of our favorite classes. 
Also, since you're a listener of the Breakthrough Cocktail Podcast, from now through September 30th, 2014, if you use the code BREAKTHROUGH-65 at checkout, you will get 65% off your order. Now, act now, and good luck on leveling up your life. To kick off the launch of the Breakthrough Cocktail Podcast, we are throwing a contest. I'm giving away some of my favorite books that will help you level up your life. Also, one lucky winner will get a chance to join me at an exclusive mastermind event here in San Diego in December 2014. To learn more and to enter, go to www.breakthroughcocktail.com slash launch dash contest. Good luck. All right, everyone, we are back. I'm here with my guest, Jason Womack. We just got done talking about his awesome book, Your Best Just Got Better, Work Smarter, Think Bigger, Make More. And now we're going to jump into the lightning round. These are the questions that I ask all of my guests just to see how they think. First question is, Jason, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You sort of talked on, touched on this. I want to get a little bit more. I really wanted to be on stage in front of people sharing ideas. I knew that from when I was a kid. Awesome. And that is great. Did you have any hobbies or anything as a child? Collected baseball cards as a kid and uh, airbrush painting through oh, high school. That's great. Uh, what would you consider yourself, a morning person or a night person? I'm definitely a morning person. I can get more done by 10 a.m. After 7 p.m., if I'm not hanging out over a good beer and a good dinner, I'm pretty much useless. Got it. Um, speaking of morning person, since you are a morning person, do you have any rituals, some things to help you uh, be your best? You know, I, I turned this on in 2007. Jody and I started our firm back in January of 2007. And what I do is is I write a thank you card every day, Gary, a handwritten, hand-addressed, stamped thank you card. And I've experimented with doing that at both times of the day, end of the day to clean up the day and finish it, put it behind me, start of the day as kind of a meditative practice. So I can't say that it's something I do every morning or every night, but every day you will see me at some point in that time holding a pen and, and writing a gratitude letter. And I can talk yes. about that later. And I have to say, I appreciate that. I received one of your handwritten thank you cards and I just raved about that. You, It's funny how before we were like oh mail 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 but now since we don't really get so much actual physical mail when we do and it's something nice like a handwritten thank you card uh you appreciate it that much more and quick note about that gary no marketing in yeah. my thank you cards no. there's there's no call to action there's no business card there's no hey can we work a deal yeah. and and that was something that was very conscious on my part when when we started doing that so in in eight years i i bet i've sent maybe 16 1700 thank you cards and um that's that's a daily ritual for me awesome all right uh just to blow through here how do you stay inspired what do you do to just stay motivated God, I am I am so fortunate that I get to be in room with really smart people. And I, I fell in love with a quote that I read from Sheryl Sandberg in her book, Lean In. And it alluded to the fact, it said, she said, if you are the smartest person in the room, leave and find another room fast. And so one thing that inspires me is looking through other people's eyes at what they see when they look to the future. That's great. All right, so moving on. It's Friday. It's 7 p.m. What are you doing? 
So I've got a sampler of IPAs out in front of me. I'm, I'm out with friends. Uh, we're talking about the weekend to come, the, the week behind us. Um, uh, yeah, not, not working Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And by working, I mean corresponding. Uh, I'll have a lot of times where I'll come up with an idea in one of those chats with friends over a good cold one. Uh, but I know for me that there's that time where I need to say, not going not gonna to create, just going to consume. Not going to try and publish. We're just going to try and internalize. That's great. All right. And three more questions. If you were creating the soundtrack of your life, what three songs would definitely have to be on there? Living on a Prayer. Great. Um. Oh man, what's that one from Rocky? Um, Eye, the Eye of the Tiger. And um, yeah, Garth Brooks. Life is like a river. Oh, that's great. Okay, cool. Two more questions. Do you have any affirmations or quotes that you live by? You've mentioned a number of them throughout uh, the interview. If there's a one more or two more, yeah, one one, and you can take this one to the bank. We are smarter together. So true. That's great. And then the last question, it's the question that I ask everyone. If you can give our audience one easy thing that they can implement right now that will help them find their passion and live an awesome life, what would it be? There's a process we talk about in the book, Gary, you read about it. It's called Ideal Day. The Ideal Day process is you look out to the future a month from now, a quarter from now, a year from now, and you pick a day that you know is coming toward you, a vacation day, a pitch day, a travel day, a day at home with the family. And you script out a 400 to 600 word handwritten visualization of how that day could unfold that would be your ideal. It's not a goal setting session. It's not a. It's not a. This is how the day's gonna roll. It's literally letting yourself have the gift of your own visualization. I write ideal days all the time. I've probably written more than a thousand, maybe twelve hundred of them. I published one in my book for you to have a sample of that. But I would say that that's a tip that you could use right now. In that handwriting, there will be elements of where your heart needs to be and where your passion lies. Uh, this is great. All right, well, thank you so much, Jason. Uh, before we conclude, uh, just let our audience know how they can get in touch with you and how they can um, find you and, and keep in touch. Fastest way would be to jump over directly to the website, www.timetogetmomentum.com. And there you'll have a blog, you'll have articles, you have all kinds of information. And then, uh, Gary, they can email me anytime, jason at womackcompany.com. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. You've been a breath of fresh air. This has been great. So many actionable ideas. And um, to everyone listening, stay awesome. Take care. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome. Stay awesome.